1: Line. It's exciting to win money. Back out to History pilot, with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on?
0: Uh, not really. Oh, yeah. Gambling gods, fickle butt Oh yeah, so easily offended. Oh, thank you. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome
2: to the full slate week eight pick 'em pod brought to you by Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, the Dodgers World Series, but does anyone care?
3: Congrats to the Dodgers. Um, you know, Clayton Kershaw, people say got the monkey off his back. I would say it's a fake season. They played like a third of a season, so we could give them a third of a ring. The uh, the Justin Turner thing is incredibly bizarre. I still don't really understand what happened there. Mid-game, bizarre. he tested positive for COVID. How did that happen? Out. Yeah. I don't know. They took him out, and then he was out there celebrating after the game. <laughs> the whole thing made no sense. Base- baseball got through the season, so good for them. And, you know, the playoffs, like, you know, we kind of gave them some grief about how they marketed. I mean, they always do, like the playoffs, but – for like actually watching the games, like it was good and having the crowd in Texas it felt pretty normal, so mm-hmm. I thought by the end of it, it it all came together pretty nicely.
2: Yeah, yeah. And early uh, Grandpa Billy's bum the week, Kevin uh Cash, right? The uh the raise, the Rays manager, he took Snell out with like about seventy pitches as he was cruising, just makes no sense. Um, It's funny, I was watching PTI earlier, and Mike Wilbon just, like, screaming, like, old man on the hill about analytics, how could he do this? It's a joke to baseball stuff. Like, you know what, he's not wrong. He was shutting down the best uh, offense in the league, and I totally get the stats, typically the third time through a lineup. Of course, the offense starts figured out a little bit, but guys dealing, a guys dealing, and the guy they brought in, Anderson, had to allow to run his last six outings. So I think that's probably an even bigger issue, right? You go from a guy who's dealing to a guy who's been knocked around by this Dodgers team. So I don't know. The Rays, it's it's a good story that they made it as far as they did, given their payroll and everything. And bottom line, Tyler, another decade that the Yankees don't win a World Series. So we'll pick and choose our battles here.
3: Yeah, that's true. I mean, as a number cruncher, a model runner myself, you know, I could I could uh, lean with the analytics, but I disagreed with the move also. The guy cruising and the guy they brought in wasn't pitching well. Like, I, I hate when I feel like baseball managers just overthink this stuff, and it's been such a trend the last few years in the playoffs. Like, maybe we're spoiled because, you know, when the Giants are winning all those World Series, they had Linsen come, Matt Cain, Bumgarner in 2014, just these horses who could go the entire game and Bochi would usually, you know, he's great at managing the bullpen, but he wouldn't take a guy out, like, in the situation we saw last night, so it drives me, uh, drives me crazy in those uh, situations.
2: Imagine if it was Mad Bum, 70 pitches in, if, <laughs> if the manager tried to take him out in game six of an elimina- like an elimination game, I just don't think he would move, like, it, he, yeah. would just, he would just stay there.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean, I feel like this started, I mean, analytics have been around in baseball probably the longest out of any sport, but, like, what I definitively remember is in the 2016 World Series with the Cubs and the Indians, like, both managers just overthinking everything, like, them pick, pitching Chapman and Andrew Miller, like, way too much in the series, and in Game 7, I remember um, Madden, like, uh, who pitched for the Cubs, Kyle Hendricks, he started, a, he, he was shaky at the beginning, started a cruise, then he takes him out, brings in John Lester, gives up a couple runs, then John Lester gets in a rhythm, takes him out, like, managers just overthink it sometimes. Dave Roberts has done it time and time again, but you know, he he finally got his World Series ring and as much as we hate the Dodgers, like at some the, point they're the going to have to is win stacked. it. <laughs> the
2: team is the team is stacked. As, like they're on pace to win like 115 116 games, obviously. Smaller sample size, but that team was loaded and David Price didn't even play this year. Um, but Tyler, we are here week eight of the NFL season. We're joined later in the pod by Reed Rooney, who's CEO and co-founder of Spurs, a really new, innovative uh, sports betting app. So we'll talk to him a bit about what he's up to, and uh, he'll join us to talk about the Bears-Saints game and give out his lock of the week. But, Tyler, we are currently tied year-to-date on picks we've given out on the pod, 19-15. and 15. Uh, I was a Seattle-blown just an absolute bad beat away from having a perfect week, but here we are. So I'm 3-3-1 three, three and one on my locks. You are 6-1. Congratulations to you, but back in the lab, I'm not going to lie, I did not watch very much, if any, of the Monday Night Football game. I just needed a reprieve after that Sunday Night beat. But my Rams, they took care of business there, so that was nice. Um, but let's get into it, Tyler. How do you feel about this slate compared to last week, considering last week was Sharps' week? Is it going to be sharp's month? Last we're, week. We're closing in at the end of the month here.
3: Yeah, closing out on October, Halloween on Saturday night. Um, I don't know. I don't feel as confident this in this week's slate. I feel like there's some landmines. I do love my lock of the week, um, but I, I do feel like, you know, it's not going to be as easy, and we, we just got to yeah. keep our head on a swivel. I got deep in my cave this week just – Crunching numbers, I was discussing yeah. that myself. I took the Bears on Monday night. Just what a what a horrible game that was. We'll talk with Reed about that more later. But I f- I feel like the games are about to preview. I've done I've done the numbers, so we'll see how it goes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Last week it just we knew it. We knew it going into it. We spoke to Alex about it. it. Felt just everything was so clear. This week not quite as clear, but we've done done the research before we get into NFL though. Tyler, you uh, Football Minute. Are you prepared? Or am I catching you off the cuff here? I use minus ten at Rutgers. Uh, the over/under is fifty-three. I'll I'll let you uh, go ahead. Right, we're we're a ranked we're a ranked program now. Let me pull up my stopwatch here, real quick.
3: I'll be honest; I didn't have anything prepared, but.
2: Maybe off, the, off the cuff, it'll be better this way. Freestyle.
3: Maybe I'm getting a big head now that we're ranked, and we're playing Rutgers. I, I don't really I care. But.
2: Uh-oh. You ready?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Go ahead.
3: So IU plays Rutgers this weekend. Huge letdown spot and also a look-ahead spot. They play Michigan next week. Um, potential top 15 matchup if we don't blow it. My, my hope is, you know, IU... They didn't play their A game really versus Penn State, so I think you know they could only really go up offensively. Rutgers looked pretty decent week one. I also think it speaks to how bad Michigan State's going to be this year. I was you know a sharp mind like myself. I took Rutgers plus thirteen and also money line. Both of those hit last week, so Rutgers won't be the same rollover team they usually are in the Big Ten. Uh, Greg Schiano's back, so he'll at least bring some respectability to that team. I expect IU to win. Cover. I don't know. I think they're they're going to come out sluggish after the biggest win of all time, and I see Tom Allen on ESPN. That makes me nervous. Uh, but I, I expect them to win, and you know, get to two 0 and the looming showdown with Michigan week three.
2: Okay, well done. Fifty-five seconds. You're coming into <laughs> mid-season form here. Um, so that's at You football minute. We're still looking for a sponsor for that minute. If anyone's out there, ZNC, looking it's at you guys. Loose. Yeah, yeah, look at me, you guys. Um, okay, let's get into it, Tyler. First game we want to talk about Indianapolis Colts visiting the Detroit Lions. Lions plus two and a half, and this one over under is 50. Colts were on by last week. They are four and two. Uh, defense is looking good. They're second in the NFL in yards allowed, third against the run, fourth in points allowed. Uh, all that being said, though, they've kind of had the benefit of a weak strength of schedule. Their combined opponents' record is twelve twenty three and one. The opposite side of the coin, lines are three and three, and they have been feisty this year. They're on a two game winning streak. Uh, granted, versus the Jags and the Falcons, and just uh, the Fal- Todd Gurley, they can thank for that one. Um, Tyler, where's your head at with this one?
3: Yeah, but you would mentioned the Jags. I mean, the Colts lost to the Jags week one, so common opponents there. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't really like the Colts at all. I think they're kind of overrated, like you said. They've had a weak strength of schedule. They've their defense has good stats. You know, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, good players. But I did, like I said, I went into the cave this week and I I just was uncovering even more numbers. Um, so on Warren Sharp's site, where you get a lot of these stats. There's um, one thing uh, ranking like the opponents, like who they've played, and like you know you look at like offensive efficiency, basically like strength of schedule. So the Colts have only played so far this year one team in the top half of, in the NFL that was an offensive efficiency, and that was the Browns in their 15th. Everyone else has been ranked 20th or worse. Um, so they really haven't played a lot of great offenses. And it's not like the Lions are uh, this dominant offense, but I think with Kenny Galladay back, they're pretty explosive and to be able to move the ball in this game. Kind of leaning the Lions, plus two and a half. Um, I think these teams are pretty similar. Um, Colts a little better defensively, but I just trust Matt Stafford more than Philip Rivers at this point. I, I really don't think Rivers is any good anymore. I think Jacoby Brissett is better. Colts are 26th in the NFL in red zone offense, 23rd on third down. They're terrible at running the ball. They're, 30, they're dead last in running success rate. They're bottom five in rushing yards. I just don't think the Colts are that good. I know they're coming off a bye, and the lines are riding high after two wins, but I think the Lions are pretty decent, and they should have been the Bears week one. That game versus Saints, when I took them as my lock of the week, they were up big early. So I think the Lions are pretty good. So I'm just leaning towards taking the points with the home dog. Uh, What about yourself?
2: Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, the interesting thing about the Colts, you hit on it a bit. Their last two games against Cleveland and Cincinnati, they've allowed 58 points. Darius Leonard did return to practice today. So, I mean, we're recording Wednesday night. We'll see if he comes back. But I think that would be a big lift for them. The Lions haven't been a good home uh, team against the spread. The last 13 home games are 3-10. and 10. Um, I agree it's a good point that this Lions, the record, yes, they pulled the Atlanta one out of their butt, but it could be better. All that being said, I like the Colts in this one. I don't trust this line; seemed to win three in a row. I think there's a distinct advantage in terms of Frank Reich versus Matt Patricia as a head coach. Um, so I think you're playing with fire uh, the more games you go with Patricia. Um, and the Colts have been solid. Their last five games after consecutive against the spread losses, they are 4-1. and one. Phillip Rivers, he doesn't have to do that much. The Lions defense is miserable. Uh, so I think see the Colts after having a long time off. I think they're going to get some guys back. I think they're going to be able to put up enough points and keep this Lions uh, offense in check. So I like the Colts minus 2.5 as a short road favorite. Yeah,
3: I mean, the Colts come off a bye. A guy they need to get going is Tua Hilton. In one of my fantasy leagues, he's a free agent. Picked him up and starting him this week, so I'd like him to put up some points. But he's 242 receiving yards through six games. He hasn't really been doing anything. I don't know. I just... Like, when it comes down to Phelps Rivers at this point, I just don't think he's very good anymore. Um, The Lions' defense isn't great, but I also found the teams are tied for the seventh in the NFL in turnover margin. And the Lions have turned the ball over the third least amount of time, so they're actually not making a ton of mistakes. Um, And I think there is some momentum they'll have coming off last week's, you know, crazy win versus Atlanta Speaking of that, and Todd Gurley, did you see they released like the sounds from the game? And Matt Ryan. Like, Ryan said, "Don't score." Don't score. And Gurley's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and he kept <laughs> running. Like, why didn't he just like he gets through the line like four yards just, in? Just, just go, go down.
0: down.
2: Just go down. Yeah, I think so. he, he like he like forgot. He I got past, he got past the first down marker, and then he's like, "Oh shit!" And then it didn't happen.
0: He,
3: he had the uh, Falcons minus four, but. Yeah, I I'm I'm taking the lines this week. It's not a super uh, sexy play by any means, but I'll take them as an underdog. I just I really think Philip Rivers is washed up. Um let's move to the next game we want to talk about. Very exciting game, uh Rams at the Dolphins. Dolphins at plus 4, over/unders 46. We got Tua his first start in the NFL. I'm very excited and I feel like I have a personal like I need Tua to be good since he's a lefty, and there's not many lefty quarterbacks.
2: It's so three. It's three and a half now, I'm bet online.
3: Okay, three and a half. Um, but I feel personally invested in Tua's success as a lefty, um, so I'm hoping he could play well in his opening start and in his career. I think if he stays healthy, he'll be pretty good. Um, both of these teams defensively have been really solid. The Rams are second in the NFL in scoring defense. Miami's third um miami's first in the nfl on third down defense the rams are fourth rams have the fourth most sacks Aaron donald monster we all know that um cody where are you where are you leaning in this game
2: yeah i went back and forth on this one because right the rams look good on monday night football this is a tough spot They're it's a one o'clock game mcveigh has been good uh in in the early games over the course of his career as a Rams head coach, but a short week is a bit of a challenge. Ultimately, I think it comes down to, like, how good is Tua going to be that much of an upgrade from Ryan Fitzpatrick in, in his first career start? I don't know. I think it helps, obviously, coming off the bye, but I think this is a brutal draw for a rookie quarterback getting over a hip injury. Um, I saw some quotes that he looks incredible in practice, all this stuff. I don't doubt it. I mean, the guy was a stud. He just got hurt, like, out of Alabama in in a serious way. Until you're, like, fully back out there, I feel like it's very uh, difficult, I imagine, to simulate the speed of a defense like the Rams that is starting to uh, fire on all cylinders. As we saw, I mean, they just – held the Bears in check uh 49ers took care of them but they've been one of the better ones in the league and look at Aaron Donald we know what he's up to so I'm leaning the Rams in this one as a short road favorite uh Miami's run game right so I would look for them to try and like be able to run the ball and like really work two into it they have the 22nd best uh run offense in the league they're going against the seventh best rushing defense so I think they might struggle in this one I just like don't just don't know that they're going to be able to score enough points I love Brian Flores but in this spot I still just kind of trust McVeigh in the infrastructure golf played decently well on Monday night so I'm I'm going with the Rams minus three and a half I have a feeling you're going with Tua
3: I really want to take the Dolphins, but...
2: Same. I, I just can't do it. He's hasn't played in forever.
3: Yeah, we haven't seen him play, but, I mean, on the other hand, we have seen rookies play really well this year in their first starts. I would say Herbert and Burrow should have won both of their first starts, right? With, yeah. Um, both yeah. of those teams. So we've seen rookies have success, and like you said, everyone in practice is saying he looks great, but it's obviously different once you get on the field.
2: Well, I guess he, he did play, what, two. Who plays versus the Jets, but, like, I'm, I'm not counting that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be so much hype for him, but I, I like the Rams uh, along with you. I think they were super pissed how they came out versus the 49ers a couple weeks ago on Sunday night last week. They talked about it a lot on Monday night. Like, I don't think they're going to overlook this game. They know all the hype around Tua, and it's not even – I'm more so leaning on the Rams' defense in this game. They're first in the NFL in giving up the least amount of explosive plays – I just think the secondary is awesome. Jalen Ramsey is—he's back to his All-Pro level. Like, I think two is going to struggle throwing against that secondary. Um, also, Miami's defense is second to last, giving up the second most uh, explosive runs in the league, 31st in success rate. So, I think the Rams' offense is going to have some success moving the ball on them. Did find this little tidbit, Miami. Mm-hmm. Miami's had the best passing success rate on first down this year, so we'll see if they come out aggressive with Tua. I would like to see that, but...
2: It's a new quarterback, so throw that out the window.
3: (laughs) Yeah, in the end, I'll go with the known entity in the Rams, and I think the Rams are... Like we've talked about, they're top heavy, but they're good. So
2: yeah, and at this point they're still healthy, so it's fine. It works. Um, I mean, Miami's been a good home team. They're four and one against the spread the last five, but a lot of that is to do with people just not really buying into Fitzpatrick and Brian Flores, and they've covered over the course of Fitzpatrick's time there. But I agree. I, if this line was like six and a half. Seven, I think you're getting me on the Dolphin side, but three and a half. Just, I don't think it's enough respect um, for for just how good the Rams defense is.
3: Yeah, I could see this game. I could see like the Dolphins winning in some crazy game where Tua looks unreal, and everyone's saying like, "How did this guy not go first? Or the Rams just like blow them out, and he looks kind of shaky. So we'll see. Um, it's definitely a good game, you but
0: really
2: hedge yourself there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
3: mean, I could have said they lost by three. I think the Rams uh, blow them out. But let's move on to the next game. Some great rivalries the next two games are about to talk about. Uh, First one, Steelers-Ravens. Ravens Ravens are minus 3.5. The over-under is 46.5. I saw some graphic on Twitter today that the last, like, 20 years, they're 20-20 and versus each other, and, like, all the stats, like, lined up. I think this has been the best rivalry in in football for the last 10, 15 years. Um, so this going to be a great game. It says Lamar's first start against the Steelers, where Big Ben's also starting. So kind of can't take uh, the previous that, matchups into account.
2: That's kind of crazy. but makes sense. You got hurt while week two last year.
3: Yeah. Um, Steelers are such a public dog this week. I think I saw like 70% of the publics on them. The line initially opened up around 5.5. 62% on Action Network is on the Steelers. It's a public play, but it's a public dog. But honestly, I'm, I'm leaning with the public dog here.
2: Oh, interesting. So you're not in on sharps Week anymore?
3: I could still be. I could still be a sharp
2: and dabble in the public. Yeah, I I I disagree with you. I like the Ravens in this one. Minus three and a half. Ravens are coming in off a buy. We saw the way the Steelers. I mean, they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. They barely held on versus that Titans team. They're blowing them out. But then Big Ben just kind of like. Let them back into it. He threw three interceptions. The thing that was most impressive last week to me was the Steelers' rushing defense. Holding Henry, it's only 82 yards, even though they lost Devin Bush. Uh, they have the second-best-ranked run defense in the league. They have been great as a road dog. They're 8-2 against the spread. Their last 10. This is their second straight road game now, which I do think is kind of notable. Uh, and they're by to get shuffled around a bit because of covid I just think this is a bigger game for the Ravens. Like, th- we saw the Ravens kind of lay an egg on Monday Night Football versus, versus the Chiefs. Uh, we have memories of them losing to the Titans in the playoffs. Last year, Lamar had some big wins. They beat the 49ers. They beat the Patriots on, I believe, it was Sunday Night Football. Um, but I, I just think this Ravens team is going to come to play, and i are the Steelers really going to go 7 and 0? I don't I just don't see it. Like I, I don't think I think their defense is great, but Big Ben hasn't looked he's looked a little shaky. Um so I like I like the Ravens in this spot. There are things that make me nervous about the Ravens. I I mean, I'll say some of them. Lamar hasn't thrown for more than 200 yards since week 2. That's insane. He only threw for 205, and that was against the Houston Texans. He has been getting it going on the ground a bit the last few weeks, though. He's rushed for at least 50 yards in four of the, his last five games, rushed for over 100 before the bye. Harbaugh is 9-3 and against the spread off a of bye as head coach of the Ravens. I just, this is kind of a gut feeling. I think most of the stats line up for the Steelers here, but I just think the Ravens play well and win this game um, because if you look at uh, we need to step boy but if you look at the uh the Steelers schedule even after this game like it sets up for them to be like potentially like 9 and 0 pretty easily if they get by uh the Ravens and i just don't think they're that good
3: yeah i don't know i think if the Steelers were playing say the Colts or the Rams like a te- like a good team but not in their division it could be a letdown spot coming off you know the Titans game but Playing the Ravens, like, this is their biggest rival. I get all your points about how this is could be a bigger game for the Ravens. Obviously, Lamar has something to prove. Can he throw against a good defense? It's still, you know, a question mark some people have, but I think the Steelers come into this game super motivated. They've heard for the last year that the Ravens are, you know, the team to beat in the AFC North, the best team in the AFC, that they're the team that can knock off the Chiefs. Like, I think the Steelers take all that into consideration, so – I don't think this is a game where they're like, oh, we'll just lose to the Ravens. Like, this is huge.
2: No, like, no, it Ravens definitely are... is. It definitely is. I think having, like, two weeks to prepare for the Steelers' defense and them being without Devin Bush is a big win for the Ravens. Like, you can basically have two weeks to pump up Lamar to get for ready sure. to go against this team. For sure, but
3: I don't I don't think this is going to be a blowout game anyway. Like, I, I think it's going to be a field goal game, so three and a half getting the Steelers. I like that. Ravens are 5-12 and 12 against the spread. The last seventeen is home favorites. Pittsburgh's eight and two against the spread. The last ten is road dogs, including last week. Yep. And also,
2: which I the, said,
3: the underdog. <laughs> say this one: the underdog is four zero and one against the spread in the last five meetings.
2: Uh, that I did not say, but I did have heard it now. But you know, sometimes, sometimes you pick and choose with trends. We're
3: we're we're throwing numbers out like, and I <laughs> lose track of who says what. But I say that to say these matchups are always close. Even last year when the Steelers um were starting like Duck Hodges and half a brain with Mason Rudolph when he's getting murdered. <laughs> like the game was the games were close. The game in Baltimore is a three point game and. It came down to the edge. Like I just think rivalry games like this are always close. Um, like you said, Pittsburgh's defense has been great. Sorry if you said this already. Um, they're number one in rushing defense DVOA this year, allowing mm-hmm. only 3.3 3 yards per carry. We saw what they did last week to Dark Henry. They've they've only allowed they've allowed the fifth use explosive runs. They have allowed the 25th most explosive passes. So if Lamar is gonna. that's the way you take advantage of this team. Um, But both defenses are top ten in overall success rate. So I think this is going to be like an old-school type game we've seen with them where it's lower scoring. So I like getting the points, and they did make a lot of mistakes last week. Big Ben had some really bad picks, but I think he plays better this week. So I like taking the points with the Steelers. I know it's a public dog, but it also becomes so public that everyone says, oh, take the Ravens, and then you go back on the Steelers. So I like the Steelers.
2: I don't know that we're quite at that level.
3: We'll see. I just like Baltimore's offense hasn't been that amazing. No. They're they're running well, but like you said, Lamar hasn't has not thrown for a lot of yards. Um and this is this is a really good Steelers defense that is gonna be super locked in versus the Ravens and this is a huge game for getting the division and potentially still getting, you know, the number one seed in the AFC.
2: Do you care about the signing of Des?
3: <laughs> I mean, he's not playing this week, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't even care. I wouldn't even care if he wasn't. If he was playing, but I mean, the bigger news—the guy, um, Ngakwe—they got. I mean, their front office is incredible. They've got him and Clayes Campbell for like next to nothing. So that's yeah. stuff nerve wracking for riding on the Steelers. I just like I don't. I don't want to be a broken record. I just think these games are always close. So is
2: he? Is he, is he playing this weekend?
0: That guy?
3: I assume so. He's he's practicing um, today. Yeah. I saw. But let's move on to the last game before we take a break and get to our segment with Reed. Um, 49ers-Seahawks, another rivalry game.
2: Seahawks minus three, over under 53.5.
0: These uh,
3: games every
2: are, year. Are you ready? I, yes. just, I, got a, I just got a little, like, pit in my stomach just thinking about it. Yes. Yeah, after, after last year. <laughs> I was thinking about it uh, earlier today when I was
3: researching things like Whenever they play emotionally, physically, it just takes it out of me. I'm going to have to do some yoga, some deep breathing before the game just to get calm and after the game. Um, I'm I'm not ready for the stress, but I'm also excited because it's a big game. For both teams, Um, Seattle, I saw a stat. They've given up the most yards in NFL history through six games. So (laughs) Again, it's it's all been on Russ, and they've just been better this year because they've been more aggressive offensively. Um, only one quarterback against them has thrown for under 300 yards. They are fifth in takeaways, so they are having some some success turning these teams over. Um, where, where are you leaning, Cody? I mean, I think I know where you are, but let, let's try to try to give both sides of this.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, okay, this is gonna be challenging. So, one 49ers, they lose Debo Samuel, who's their top wide receiver. Um, which was is a huge loss just because they, they use him in so many different capacities and he was finally getting back from his earlier foot injury. Jeff Wilson, who was playing the game of his life, he's also out. Um, so those are definitely some big losses for the 49ers. I mean, you look at Seattle recently, they're coming off a gut-wrenching loss. So I would have preferred, of course, that they won and they're coming in undefeated. You always have a little bit of a bounce-back element there. Um, they actually have been this. Seahawks have won 11 out of the last 13 versus the 49ers, so they've had success. We know we know that. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I, I really like the way this game lines up for the 49ers. Of course, I'm biased. But you look at the recipe, what's worked the last two weeks versus New England and the Rams, running the ball. Their offensive line is starting to get it together, get a little mojo. Jimmy G's, the rust seems to be wearing off, knock on all the wood. Um, And it's kind of amazing. After all the injuries, the the 49ers team is still eighth overall in DVOA, eighth on both offense and defense. They lost Bosa, but they've been able to piece it together with guys and uh, with a lot of, without even a lot of their top secondary guys, Richard Sherman, uh, Jimmy Warden, Jaquisky Tart were both out last week, and they just absolutely dominated the Patriots. I think this team is hitting its stride. I think they're going to continue to pound the rock, uh, control time of possession, and take some chances, even without Debo. Brandon Ayuk's been a stud rookie. They're going to rely on George Kittle, so I – I mean, there's, there's just no way to be unbiased in this spot. But if anyone can be critical about a 49er team against Seattle, it's us because we know we know it all too real. Um, but the 49ers have been amazing as a road team under Shanahan. They're 10-2 and two straight up their last 12 road games. Um, so I like them. I like the 49ers. I just think the Seattle defense is absolutely pathetic. So despite the injuries to Debo and Jeff Olson. This team should be okay. And a Hoosier, Temon Coleman, might be on his way back.
3: Yeah, and along with him, I saw Jordan Reed and Kaywan Williams, who's like their nickel cornerback, which would be huge to get him back, especially in this game. Yeah. Um, they're all practicing today, so getting a few guys back. The Debo injury really hurts. Um, I think if he was playing, I'd feel like incredibly confident. Still am. Um, the biggest thing for the 49ers in this game. Yeah, they lost Bosa. The pass rush hasn't been the same, but the defense has weirdly flipped where, like, the secondary is, like, really good now, and the pass rush is decent, but it's it's weird. Fred Warner has had an unbelievable season. Um, he's He's been incredible. He had another pick last year. Biggest thing for 49ers in this game defensively, getting off the field on third down, and when Seattle gets into the red zone, holding them the field goals. Um, 49ers right now are third, third in NFL in red zone defense. They're seventh on third down defense. Seattle's been second-worst team in the NFL on third down on offense, which is shocking. Um, but getting off the field, getting Wilson off the field, and also Seattle is the best red zone offense in the league. They showed it last week. Their kicker had the fewest field goals going into that game. So when they got into red zone, they've converted touchdowns with Metcalf and Lock, Lockett um, having great years. So that's the key for 49ers defensively, getting off the field. Holding them to three. Once, you know, inevitably Russ moves the ball down the field. And for their offense, I think a couple weeks ago versus Miami was like rock bottom, um, and they looked terrible. But the last two weeks they've really came on. Last two weeks, um, they're fourth in the NFL in success rate, right? so they're getting back their mojo. I thought Jimmy G played well last week. He had one bad pass that got picked off. Other than that, he played well. And like I said, Seattle's defense secondary is terrible. Jamal Adams was limited in practice, it would be great if he doesn't play, because uh, he obviously changes that dynamic a little bit, but I think 49ers are going to be able to move the ball in Seattle, and like you said, run the ball, chew up clock, and having no crowd is, like, Huge. I don't be you take into consideration, obviously, the offensive line, what the 49ers want to do in a game with no crowd, that, I think that favors them a lot, so... We're both on the 49ers. That shocks no one, but I I do think they're going to play well in this game.
2: Yeah, plus three. So these games are always close. I I think the way they're playing right now versus that Seattle defense, again, shocks no one, but definitely – Definitely a nice little bet. Real quick, Monkey knife Fight pick of the week. I'm staying in this game. Use promo code Full for a free five dollar game and up to fifty dollar first deposit match. I think there's going to be points in this one. There just is in these in these games, Tyler. I think the over under is what fifty three and a half. One of the highest on the week. I'm going with Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, the worst passing offense or passing defense. In the league, with Seattle, no Debo. I think those guys get a lot of looks. And I'm going with Tyler Lockett, who absolutely went off on Sunday Night Football. Over two and a half touchdowns. That pays out 2x. Um, so those are those are my guys this week, Ty.
3: Touchdown dance. We're all, we'll all be dancing. We'll that's all be two, dancing. Two and a half pays out two times.
2: Yeah, that's new. I think they upped it. Must be sending so much traffic.
3: I guess it depends which game you pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, I think Kittle will have a big game also. They haven't had an answer for him. And, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that game. Uh, Mentally, I'm sure Sunday night will be wrecked either way.
2: I'm a little sick already.
3: Yeah. um, For my monkey knife fight pick of the week, I'm going to the Tennessee Cincinnati game. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is going to be a good game. Cincinnati's record is 1-5-1 or 1-4-1. um, I was looking at their games. They could easily have had like two or three more wins this year. I think cover be, yeah. I think this can be a high scoring game. So I'm doing the more or less game with uh Joe Burrow and Tanhill passing yards over. You take both those guys over, Burrow's two ninety five and a half, a two sixty and a half, that pays out uh three to one. So I like that. I think that's gonna be a high scoring game. Neither defense is very good in that matchup, so I'm riding Joey covers. This Bill Simmons likes to call him in. Ryan Tannehill, who's like been like the top five quarterback in the league since he took over there in Tennessee. So that's my uh, pick for the week.
2: All right. Well, we will take a quick break and return with our interview with Reed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't.
3: You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid only through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at BetOnline. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
2: Okay, and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome on the full slate Airways, Reed Rooney, CEO and co-founder at Spurts, an innovative new app in the sports betting space, donned by some as the LinkedIn of sports betting. Reed, how are you doing tonight?
1: Doing quite well. I appreciate you having me on today.
2: Of course, of course, happy to have you. So, Reed, you kind of made a transition from the corporate world to branching out on your own, starting Betsperts. So can you tell us a little bit kind of about your background and the idea behind Betsperts?
1: Yeah. So uh, I was always somewhat entrepreneurial and, and had some ideas, but uh, they, were, they weren't they were great ideas, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but I used to work at a Fortune 150 company and um, loved my job, loved my bosses, loved the team that I worked for. It was uh, honestly, it was an ideal situation. But I uh, started looking at some of the emerging markets as I was uh, going to grad school for entrepreneurship, actually, and I'll call kind of the millennial emerging markets are crypto, cannabis, and sports gambling. And for me, uh, the sports gambling side was the only one that really hit home. I don't know a whole lot about crypto and cannabis, even though they all kind of interchange a little bit in, in some worlds. uh, but, uh for me, I just I knew I wasn't a very good gambler, and uh, I picked favorites and and overs just for the hell of it, or teams I was cheering for. So started looking at some of the technology right after Passport got overturned and it was becoming legal, and it was all kind of older technology, and it was just a bunch of people telling you what to pick and very loud noise. And so I, I didn't see a way for any Joe Schmoes to to kind of make their name in the sports gambling space or for people to have any sort of accountability for tracking. So uh, my co-founder and I sought out to build um, the most granular level of pick tracking out there um, and then on top of that build a, a social network, uh, which is now the, the largest social network for sports gambling in the United States um uh, give to give the opportunity for people to to connect and and really grow their influence or or follow people that they trust and and have data and kind of resumes as you may say uh that that they resumes and histories of pick tracking and pick uh success that that they can really go and trust so it's kind of where betssburg was born and it's it's morphed into a whole lot bigger than than we expected quicker. Yeah, I'm surprised you
3: didn't want to get into crypto. It's pretty uh simple for most people to uh, pick up. But <laughs> I
1: think
3: I think you made the right decision and wanted to go back. Um you mentioned, you know, you worked at a Fortune 150 company. What was it like going from, you know, working at a big corporation like that to kind of being on your own CEO and kind of leading a new company in like a new uh not a new space, but a space that's becoming legal and there's a lot of legislation. Like what's that transition been like?
1: Yeah, so a couple couple things right off the top. It, it, I, watching Shark Tank and always wanting to be an entrepreneur or going to it for college and getting a master's in it. I mean, it, it, it's a hell of a lot harder than I even anticipated. Um, and it's a lot more stressful than I anticipated. Even with a good idea and a great team around you, um, you just can never really turn your brain off. So sleep sleep is probably the hardest thing uh, to do and to, to do comfortably, honestly. Um, but the second hardest thing is spending money uh, when you're spending corporate money on t n e or or marketing plans it, it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like uh, you're spending your own money sometimes now every dollar I spend staying in cheaper airbnbs on the road or eating jimmy john's rather than a nice meal out uh, uh, it, it all matters but um, for me it has been extraordinarily rewarding and'm very fortunate to to have this opportunity but uh, in all honesty, I'd, I'd say it, it, it's harder and more stressful, and it's more it's, it's more rewarding at the same time. So, it's been a hell of a journey for two and a half to three years at this point, and I, I can only imagine it's going where it's gonna take us at this point.
2: For sure. And on that rewarding piece, at what point did you know you kind of had something with BetSports? Maybe it was early in the game, maybe after raising financing. But at what point were you like, oh wow, we might actually like have something here?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple different times, to be honest. I think it's a great question. Don't Don't really get asked that often, so it was a, a really thank, good question. Thank you. Um, yeah, the first, the first one was my brother is a partner uh, at an accounting firm. He's an M&A guy, and uh, when I say I've always had a lot of ideas on entrepreneurship, I, I pitch it to him, and he tells me that they're terrible. Within three minutes of Betsperts and explaining the idea of Betsperts and explaining where the sports gambling market was going, uh, he said this is the best idea you ever had, so I was like, oh, I've never gotten that reaction. Um, and then um, I, I would say the first time uh, we kind of were pitching the idea, asking for advice, not really even asking for money at this point, but asking for kind of friends and family, other successful networks, pitching uh, idea to there was, there was a significant amount of people who wanted to invest just friends and family dollar amount. And then going out and doing a real fundraising round maybe a year later um, it I would never say it was easy, but it wasn't. It wasn't a hundred no's before one yes, which is which is feral, or fairly uh, uh, fairly common saying at this point. So I think a lot of people wanted to get in the industry, and they love the scalability of technology and data behind a social network with pick tracking and and where the market might be going. So I'd say those are a couple of the biggest one. I think the most rewarding one, honestly was when someone signed up that we didn't know who they were (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you got a couple people talking back and forth and and now we know people's names and they they communicate back and forth on a feed but in all honesty when you just early on before you had a bunch of money to spend on facebook and instagram and with influencers when when people just stumbled upon it or you got a five-star rating in the app like real people that you don't know wanted it and liked it and uh, i think the the biggest example uh we were just talking about being from chicago off air but the biggest example i was in a bar in chicago before covid and uh i was telling someone what i did and they asked what the app was called and then they pulled it up on their phone and said are you talking about this app and i was like oh man that's that's pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome. so, yeah that was those are a couple of the moments
3: yeah that's great to have those interactions with people you know you don't even know and they just happen to be using it it's really cool and i think the mission of BetSpert, is great in the aspect of Cody and I like to joke, you know, there's people on Twitter who will say, you know, I'm 70 and five in my last 75 games, like pay 30. Yeah. Pay, pay 50 (laughs) bucks for my whale lock of the century. Like we make fun of those people, but that is a thing that, you know, new gamblers don't pick up on and they get sucked into that. Like at BetSpur, you know, you let people on who do sell picks. Like what's the process of vetting those people, making sure that, you know, it's legit and they're not just trying to scam people.
1: Yeah. So I think maybe explain how track picks actually works first would be helpful there. And uh, it's a good question as well. The the track picks functionality works exactly like a a sports book. There's no actual gambling though. That's the difference. So uh, you go on, we have uh, eight sports at this point. I think we're going to have 12 in the next couple of weeks, but um, you go on, the lines are dynamic, so they're moving. And once you place your pick, it's in your profile. You can't delete it. Just like a sports book. You can't can't delete it. You can't change the lines. We have different sports books. So in case the line that you're actually betting with DraftKings, let's say, isn't exactly on our app, you can go and find eight different options of legal sports books. And it's going to be pretty darn close, if not exactly, uh, to what you're tracking at. So as soon as it's entered, um, it is in your profile and it will be properly graded win, loss, whatever. We only let you choose any unit size from 0.1 to 5 units, so you can't skew your record with a 100-unit whale bet, right? And all of a sudden, you're in the green. So um, that's that's step number one. Step number two is if you want to become a tipster on the platform, uh, there is no vetting on our process, and I think that's very important because anyone can come be a tipster. Anyone can come um, upgrade that subscription, but the vetting is actually going to happen by the consumers. So they're going to look at your profile and see if you're a winner or a loser. We provide all of the stats of every game category. So I'm a huge White Sox fan. If I if I try to sell a pick for a White Sox game, let's call it the White Sox versus the Cubs, uh, you'll see my record in all sports, MLB, AL, NL, AL Central, NL Central, White Sox, and Cubs, right there automatically alongside the pick. So you can see if this person's a winner or a loser, and none of those tipsters work for us. Um, we're not going to fudge any numbers say, Oh, they're four in a row and they have four in a row, but they're four out of the last 10, right? The, it's not a marketing scheme for us. They set the pricing. Uh, it's a market, it's a marketplace. They set the pricing and if consumers buy it, then they buy it and they have access to all the data. So after a game ends, anybody can go see that tipsters pick after the game was completed, can see the reasoning, why they submitted that pick and, and all the information will be laid out. So the, the vetting happens by the consumers because we don't hide any data except for the actual pick until the, the pick ends. So um, for our perspective, if, if you're a good gambler, I don't, I don't know if you're a good gambler or not. You just come and prove it. And and if you are, people are going to be interested in your picks.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think that's a great uh, layer to add on to right, gambling Twitter in the handicapping world that Tyler was speaking to, but just yeah. to actually have that transparency and have it, Locked in once you put it in, it's there. You can't delete it. You can't adjust your unit size and some of the schemes that do occur, unfortunately, kind of in this world. So it definitely huge value add. But read, you are a Chicago guy. You're based out there. You're a Bears fan. I don't think you're a huge Matt Nagy guy. Um, but let's let's get into this Sunday's matchup versus the New Orleans Saints. The Bears are home dogs. Uh, they're plus four. The over under in this one's forty three and a half. Uh, Saints are coming in on a three game winning streak here but all their games have been close the last four games they've been uh decided by a touchdown or less and the bears i mean a brutal monday night football loss versus the rams nick Foles, it's not starting to look great but Reed, as a bears fan what's your what's your confidence level at with this team you're still five and two at the end of the day and there is an extra wild card spot but are you starting to be like should we go back to trubisky where are you at with all this
1: well, in all honesty, uh, first of all, there there isn't anyone in Chicago who was more anti-Matt Nagy in season one when he was coach of the year or whatever he was than I was. So, yeah, I, I'll stick to that one for a long, long time. Um, but uh, so a couple questions in there. Um, and we don't need to go over the Rams game. So, yes, that was brutal. But a couple questions. The Saints the Saints game specifically, uh, I, I've never liked betting against Breeze. I, I I really, really hope they use some hill as often as possible and it seems like a, a, an Eddie Jackson interception return waiting to happen, but uh I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence going in. I do think the defense is going to be all right against the Saints. I think the the Saints defense is, is not good. And look at any of the matchups that they have. I think the over-under is terribly low at 43, 43 and a 42 depending where you look. But I, I think it's terribly low. And that's an overreaction to how bad the, the Bears offense was on Sunday uh, and the Bears offensive line, especially against that defensive line. Um, so if, if there was something I was playing in this game, I, I would definitely look at the over. Um, if, I do think Mitch Trubisky is a better option at quarterback than Nick Foles. Uh, Personally, uh, I I don't think the offense is is made for, for Mitch. I think he does add a dynamic with running, which at this point, Resign him next year, and, and uh, it doesn't matter if he gets hurt because we have Foles, who's about the equivalent. So I, I, I don't understand why his legs aren't incorporated in the offense when he did play much more. So me personally, I like uh, I like Trubisky a quarterback. I've never been a big Foles guy uh, myself, but uh, I don't think that's going to switch anytime soon. It's it's Nagy's offense to, to at this point, and that's his guy who he feels comfortable calling plays with.
3: Yeah, I mean, some of like the stories that are coming out during the Monday night game were bizarre, where Foles said he he, uh, he didn't like the play calls and he knew that they, were, they weren't going to work, something like that. Just weird dynamic. Like you said, Nagy won coach of the year in 2018, but since then, offense has just gone downhill. And, you know, he tried with Mitch. He we went to Foles, like, trying to say, oh, that's his guy, but it's not working with him. In his last four starts, you know, the team's averaging 16 points a game. He's three touchdowns, five picks. They're, they're, they're terrible on offense. I like the Saints in this game, and this might be such a public play this week because how bad the Bears looked on Monday night. And the defense is very good, but I just don't think they can score. Um, they're fourth worst in total yards in the league. They're last in rushing offense. Uh, Reed, I don't know if you feel this way, but I watch a lot of the Bears games, being in Chicago and having a lot of mm-hmm. friends who are Bears fans. Um, I think David Montgomery might be like the worst starting running back in the NFL. He doesn't make anyone miss. He's pretty slow. Um, what, what are your thoughts on him?
1: Well, the. There's there's so much there's so many layers to that I think I think David Montgomery is a fine running back and would be good on majority of teams in the NFL especially with his yards after contact but I, I, the offense line is just atrocious it's it so bad mm-hmm. we haven't invested in that we haven't done anything there uh, especially with James Daniels now being out um, but I, I'll, I'll say it, it, how many times do you hear if you listen to Chicago ESPN Chicago or something like that how many times do you hear the soundbite of Matt Nagy it could have been after any game the last two years saying I know we need to run more. I'm not an idiot. So it's a direct quote out of Matt Nagy. He do, it just doesn't do it. It's not part of his offense. So even bad teams can run better than the Bears. Bad offenses can run better than the Bears. I think it's a, it's a lack of scheme um, for that and, I, to be honest, I don't think it's Matt Maggie, I don't think it's Dave Montgomery's fault. It's it's mind blowing. Pace trades up for a running back, and Maggie doesn't use him. It's mind blowing that the first pick of the draft for the Bears this year is Cole Komet, and, and we're we're I think uh, what's his name, the blocking tight end has doubled the amount of uh, uh, passes thrown to him this year. It, it just it. I don't understand what's going on over there. And I know I'm not smarter than, than those guys, but it just seems so damn obvious. But yeah, Montgomery's not going to do much just because of the scheme and the team around him. But I'll be curious to when he goes to New England in two years and has an all pro year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, in terms of a spread pick for this game, the Saints minus four just feels so obvious. Like it's, it's one of those lines that kind of stinks. Like following Bears, short week, look terrible. Only minus four. Allen Robinson potentially out in concussion protocol, which is like in my brain. Maybe I'm too far in my own brain, but I kind of want to take the Bears because right. that's just that that's just how the NFL works. Um, and you know, this will be. A Head to head record here, Tyler. But you look at the Saints' defense. So they're seventh overall in total defense in terms of yards allowed, but 24th in scoring defense, allowing about 29 points a game. So I don't know. If Nick Folds is going to save his job as, as starting quarterback and have them not f- go go back to Dr- Trubisky here, I, I just kind of feel like they're going to have to play better in the way the NFL works. I'm going with the Bears. I feel gross. But I'm, I'm going to take him plus four. And the whole Michael Thomas situation still seems like he might not play this weekend. We have no idea what's going on there. At some point, I do think that's going to catch up to this team. And Emmanuel Sanders coming off COVID, who knows?
1: I mean, you look at you look at the couple teams they played in common, right? They both beat Tampa. If I'm looking at this correctly, uh, they both beat the Lions by about the same amount. Uh, I think the Bears beat Carolina by more than the Saints beat Carolina. It, and in, in all honesty, the, the Bears are not a terrible team. They're going to make the playoffs, unfortunately, which keeps Nagy around, probably pace <laughs> around as well. Um, but uh, it, it, they can put together, especially if they win a turnover battle, battle, which the breeze can't throw the ball more than 15 yards at this point they can put together some some really solid plays and offense uh, I, they're not going to be pinned within their 10 yard line within their 10 yard line five times like they were by the, the punter on uh, the Rams. so there's going to be bigger opportunities for the bears here and the, the defense is uh, the d line is not going to be over fulls as much as the rams were so I don't know what to think about the spread, but I don't hate the Bears play. I just think – I think over is the right play in this game if there was one.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I
3: definitely feel like a square in this game taking the Saints. I was just so frustrated betting on the Bears Monday night and all my friends who are Bears fans thinking there's some hope and just – I, I can't stand this team. Uh, Bears are 30th on third down, 29th on red zone offense. Just I don't I know the Saints' defense isn't great. You know, just,
2: you know I, Nick Foles is going to bite you this week. That's just not word.
1: Fun fact for you. I believe this is correct. So, so don't go me this wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty confident this is correct. Uh, I believe the about the average in the NFL is 25 points a game in the last 30 games across uh, the last 30 weeks in the NFL, about 25 points per game is average. If you had to guess in the last 30 games the Bears have played, I believe including the one playoff game, how many times do you think the Bears have scored 25 points? So average, how many times do you think the Bears have scored 25 points in the last 30 games?
2: last 30 games? I'm going to say 10.
1: Yeah. I'd say no way. I'd say Three six they've six times reached What's the, the, league, a- yeah, yeah. Reached the <laughs> league average the league average in offense in points and how many times have the bears had a touchdown on defense like this week i mean it's yeah it's it's just so sad that is That's great. the defense
3: has been great and I mean, they played well monday night it wasn't their fault they lost i just there's just so much incompetence with that offense as you just said with that stat that is it's wild. It obviously falls on Nagy, and I think he's running out of answers. But let's move on to our Lock of the Week segment. Reed, for background uh, this year, I'm 6-1, and one, so maybe I should start selling picks on spurt <laughs> <laughs> Cody is 3-3-1. Three, three and one. He was very upset. He had the Seahawks on Sunday night, which was a tough beat. i still, um,
1: so, still working through it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah.
3: Reed, we'll let uh, you get started
1: since you're the guest. So what's your uh, Lock of the Week well, you better close the show with your lock of the week if you're 6-1, right? Get people to stay till the end. I get the, 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 uh, well,
0: the well the, play. For the well play, play, yeah.
1: Um. I, if I had to go, and, and uh, you might not like this one, I think the Seahawks, the Seahawks, what is it, minus 2.5 at this point, Um. if I'm seeing that correctly. Three. That three. Is it three? Yeah. Uh, I think I saw just a moment ago it was 2.5 at, uh, yeah. that's where you're looking. Yeah, yeah uh, 2.5, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So hold on, I'm gonna go and confirm this, I'm gonna go on Bet Spurts and and check uh do a little line shopping here on that game. But uh um I, I, I like the two and a half. Even at three I like it. I, I don't know that I love it at three and a half. Uh, but I, I just I don't bet against Russell Wilson. I don't think Jimmy G is all that good to be honest with you. Um, and I, I, I think the the Niners have some injuries that, that are going to be tough to overcome. But Russell's not going to throw an interception on the goal line like he did uh, that cost you last last week. So I, I like the two and a half. And I'm seeing I'm seeing two and a half across the board from DraftKings Fan to a points bet right now. So maybe uh, maybe lock that in if uh, if you can find it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're talking to 249ers guys here and someone fresh off being spurned by Seattle. So definitely leaning on the Niners. Of course, biased. But I think the biggest thing to be wary of for you betting on Seattle Wilson's incredible. The passing offense is unbelievable. The defense has been just brutal, absolutely brutal, giving up the most yards in the NFL. Yeah. And and forty are starting to hit their stride a little bit with kind of relying on this run game. They've redesigned the defense a bit without Nick Bosa, starting to get, get it together a little bit after that embarrassing loss versus Miami. So you know what, Reed, you're talking to two guys that are fading you, but that's why it's your lock of the week and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Well
1: if you're if you're fading me, it sounds like that's okay. I just said do not <laughs> like your brother fading me. But don't forget that. Oh, that's ruthless. The embarrassing loss, I believe, of <laughs> Miami also came after the embarrassing loss of Philadelphia as well. So, if I'm nice. not mistaken, Nick, you know, Nick I,
2: Mullins, I, though Nick yeah. Mullins, experience. <laughs> <lovely>. <laughs> I,
1: I know that uh, the Rams and Patriots are are good back to back wins, but the uh, Patriots aren't are particularly good or fo- not a particularly good football team either this year. So, um, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about it. I don't. You give me Russell Wilson in two and a half points, uh, or minus two and a half and, on almost any team in the NFL, I'm probably feeling pretty good about. it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Only time will tell. Russ is certainly a a magician, um, and and a very. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be an emotional roller coaster for Tyler and I this Sunday, as it always is in those 49ers uh, Seahawks games. So my lock of the week got to bounce back here. Um, I'm looking at a line here that I really like. I like the Browns minus two and a half at home versus the Raiders. Um, Tyler's eyes just Perked up, so we'll say what that means. Um, and here's why I like this so much. So the Browns, have, under Kevin Stefanski, they've redesigned it. They're really relying on this run game. They're 5-2, and two, but specifically it's it's because of the run game. Baker Mayfield last week played great, threw five touchdowns, led them down the field for a go-ahead touchdown, which I think was big for his confidence. I know they're without Odell, but they still have a lot of playmakers on that offense. The Raiders' rushing defense is ranked 29th in the league by Pro Football Focus. The Browns' run blocking is rated second best in the NFL. I'm looking at the weather in Cleveland. I'm seeing 51 degrees, 60% chance of per- precipitation. 27-mile-per-hour wins. It sounds like a a running-heavy game to me. Uh, The Raiders defensively, even not just the run game, but overall, 31st-ranked defensive DVOA. Um, The Browns defensively, they've given up some points for sure, as we saw last week versus the Bengals. But Miles Garrett's an absolute monster. They're ranked 7th in the NFL in hurry percentage. Um, I think they'll be able to get to Carr and kind of – essentially get ahead early, stay ahead, milk the clock with that run game. And I don't think the Raiders are going to want to have to come from behind in a game with this kind of wind. And this is kind of wild. The Browns are 7-1 straight up their last eight home games, which you have to, like, like, wait, what, rub your eyes and make sure that's right. But it is. So I like the Browns, minus 2.5. I don't think it's a lot of respect for them. I know the Raiders, they did that final score versus the Bucks was a little bit got away from them at the end. But uh, early kickoff. I'm I'm going with the Browns here minus two and a half. Reed, what do you think as a guest?
1: Uh, you know, until you said the the seven and one stat, I, it just didn't matter to me because of uh, I, I have zero faith in Baker Mayfield, almost zero, uh, especially if especially if it's windy. So, uh, Cream when, Hunt. Yeah. You made a you made a good case there, but uh I, I don't feel comfortable bending on the Browns just yet. Maybe I haven't watched them closely enough, but uh I'm I'm still I'm still a little iffy on uh, on Baker, the the fact that he can have a blow up game, which seems to seems to be fairly likely. But they are playing well and I think Stefanski's doing a really nice job over there. Um, surprisingly, I think Gruden's doing a really nice job too. I thought that that was going to blow up much faster in everyone's face uh, than we expected, but
0: uh,
1: mm-hmm. I, I don't hate I, I don't hate Las Vegas as just an overall team. I think they've done uh, done a really nice job this year, and they've beat be a couple of pretty good teams, um, including the Colts and uh, I'm sorry, not the Colts, the uh, the Saints earlier. Saints and them, right? yeah, yeah,
2: so, yeah. Yeah. No, they definitely have a nice resume. They beat the Panthers too, who are feisty. But the so in John Gruden's uh, head coaching time, uh, with the Raiders, he's uh only nine and sixteen against the spread in non divisional games. So this would qualify as that. And Tyler, you know what? Trends gotta be facts.
3: Yeah, that's some trend. So initially that the Browns minus two and a half was gonna be my lock of the week. Um, okay. So that's you, why I made a face. But you I just
2: moved I, off it.
3: No, I, 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 I still like them. Um, my so my lock of the week. I think this is pretty easy. I'm going to take the Chiefs money line versus the Jets. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: I'm
3: just kidding. Um, I'm actually going to stick in the Browns game because I went from the Browns and you just made the point about the weather, which actually makes me nervous now because I like the over in this game. Uh-oh. Fifty-two and a half. The wind makes me nervous because I could mess things up. Um, so when I was doing research to take the Browns. I just started looking at the defensive stats, and both teams are really bad on defense. The Raiders are allowing second most points in the league, 32.8. Browns are 29th at 31.6. Both offenses are tied, um, top 10 in scoring at 28.6 points per game. The over for these two teams combined this year has gone 10-2-1. The Raiders are bottom 10 in defensive explosiveness, so they give up a lot of plays. The Raiders um, our 11th in offensive explosiveness, Cleveland second. So both have a lot of big plays. People might think the Browns will struggle with uh, OBJ hurt. Look at the stats and Baker's actually played a lot better with him off the field. I don't know if that's maybe because he feels like he has to force passes to OBJ. Now he can spread it out a little more. So I like the over in that game, 52 and a half. The weather thing does make me a little nervous, but I don't think either of these defenses are very good and. I do think these offenses are pretty explosive and can put up points, and Baker struggles versus good teams, but he plays well versus the crappy teams, which the Raiders have a pretty crappy defense, so I'm confident he'll be able to move the ball, and there will be some points in this game.
1: Right. It was just, uh, I hadn't really looked at the game until you guys mentioned it, uh, because I don't know that the Browns-Raiders game is on top of my uh, radar, to be honest with you, but you said they're 10-2-1 on the overs. I think – if I'm looking at it correctly, the Raiders are, have gone in, over on at least the last five, and the Browns the last four of five. So uh, I like that trend. Some might say, some might say it's a time for an under, but uh, I, I like that trend. Yeah, I, th- I think
3: I think I don't have an up. Op- I, I think every Raiders game has gone over so far this year, and the Browns, um, the two games where they played uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, I mean they got blown out and those went under, but all their other games are high scoring and Last week we saw the got into a shootout with uh, Cincinnati, so I, th- I think the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball in. Car- Car's had actually a really nice year, so I think I think this will be a pretty good game.
1: The Pit one barely went under. Was, I think it only went under by a couple points, and Cleveland only scored seven. It shows how bad mm-hmm. their defense is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but this week versus the Raiders, don't doubt them in this one. <laughs> Um, But Reed, thank you so much for joining us. This was a ton of fun. Where can our listeners follow you, download BetSperts. follow you guys on social media? I'll let you kind of give all your your plugs.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, feel free to check out either us through the App Store or the Google Play Store. It's free to download, uh, free to join. And we have a a website and a mobile web as well, BetSpurts.com. I would say follow us on Twitter for for gambling updates and uh, some good gambling content. Uh, you don't have to follow me on Twitter unless you like White Sox updates. Uh, but uh, you can just search Reed Roney or Betts and I'm sure I come up. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm very uh, thankful for the opportunity to come on here, and uh, I would love for any of your listeners to to join what is the largest social network for sports gamblers in the United States.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Reed.